Kia ora koto. Welcome to HR Chats with me, Teredo, where we chat all things HR and HR related. And if there is, as you know, anything you want us to chat about or anyone you would like us to chat to, then feel free to contact HRNZ through the website today. Very exciting, tangential slightly perhaps to the world of HR, but I think very interrelated. We're talking to Bridget Williams. She is the founder of Social Enterprise, Bead and Proceed, which exists to educate people about the 17 UN Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs. Some of you will be no doubt familiar with them. Uh, certainly HRNZ uh, has them uh, as something it adheres to. As a former solicitor, Bridget thrives solving complex problems and practicing effective leadership in her governance roles and no shortage of those. She's also a member of the Asia New Zealand Foundation Leadership Network, curator of the World Economic Forum Global Shapers Christchurch Hubs. She's speaking to us from Christchurch uh, right now. Good morning, Bridget. How are you? Good morning. I'm fantastic. Thank you so much, Radar. Hey, thank you for joining us. Look, you know, you you were a lawyer uh, at some stage, and then at some point you suddenly <laughs> went, you know what? That's enough. I'm done. Done with done with that. And you moved on. What? <laughs> give us a little sort of a little primer as to the background of Bridget Williams. Yeah, of course. Uh, where to start? Well, I suppose um, being from Christchurch, obviously, I was. Um, you know, I experienced the Christchurch earthquakes and uh, through that I was uh, a student at UCSA and there was a movement that you may remember called the Student Volunteer Army and that really instilled my love and appreciation for active citizenship and service and I was lucky enough to be president of the Student Volunteer Army for 2013 and 2014 and that really kicked off um, yeah, my appreciation for being a part of something um, and that young people have a voice and um, we should use it. So from that, I became an elected community board member for the Fendleton Waimati Harewood Community Board. And it was through all of these experiences that yeah, I understood um, the importance of yeah, that concept, being a part of something that is bigger than you, but better because of you. Um, and I'm, then I'm I, curious, oh yeah, Bridget, you know, you, you, you just use a term that I think is, is not often used and is, and is quite important, particularly in this day and age, active citizenship. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that? Oh, okay. So active citizenship, I think it has a, you know, it's a big word that means a lot of different things. But for me, I think it's about um, really taking part in your community and appreciating um you know the, the privilege and recognizing the privilege that you have um and wanting to be a voice for other people wanting to be a voice for what you're passionate about and for me i'm a big fan of the ancient greeks and you know right back to pericles when he was like strategoi of athens so that's like the mayor of athens and he really instilled this appreciation for you to be a lover of your city and that's very easy to do in christchurch or tatahi because we've been through so much so really come together as a community and the wonderful space to yeah to to um, maximize ideas and creativity and to really play a part in your community and for me i see that as active citizenship marvelous sorry to cut you off i just thought it was kind of good to explain you know the concept of what that meant and also nice to be thrown back to the greeks they were pretty useful yeah. you know yeah. inventing thinking <laughs> yeah oh i love them i'm a, so one of um 
when I started, I studied law and I also studied political science and classics. So that was one of my majors. And I think there's so much, you know, when I look back in the past and where we've come from as a society, um, we are sort of going back a bit to how the ancient Greeks appreciated life. You know, they, it was through that time of philosophy, the golden mean, you know, all of these um, wonderful at stoicism, all of these concepts that we still use today. And we seem to be drawing more attention to even now. Everything that's old is new again uh, in that's many ways. It. Great. So that, so this was all going on. Um, you, you, you sort of moved, you know, away from university, practiced law for a little bit. Yeah, so I studied really hard at, at UC, University of Canterbury, to, you know, for my law degree. I was lucky enough to get a scholarship um, with law. And then I went on to being a summer clerk and I uh, got a grad position at a great law firm. Um, and I was working for as a solicitor for almost three years, but I just found that there was something inside me that I wasn't I wasn't practicing anymore. And for me, that was creativity. And I remember just feeling incredibly confused because this is what I was doing. You know, I was doing what I thought I loved and what I worked so hard towards. Um, yet I was very unhappy. And one day I had a particular bad day at court and I came home and I was just feeling this pent up frustration. I felt like I wasn't adding value to the firm, um, to the client, to the world or to myself. So one day I decided to make a necklace and I saw this necklace on Pinterest that I had been wanting to make for a while. It had these five big beads and I painted, I was getting lost in the creativity and the flow of it, ideas were coming. And it was just this wonderful thing to put some energy into something positive. And then I wore it to work the next day and a bunch of people started commenting on it and asked, where did I get it from? Could I make them one? And I thought maybe there's something here. Maybe people are also craving this tactile creativity. We need more of it in our lives. So I thought, well, I could start these workshops where people come together to, you know, make necklaces or bracelets or key rings. And I thought, well, that's all good, but but what does it mean? Like, what is what's the message? And then honestly, like two days later, I was flipping through a magazine and I came across the 17 UN Sustainable Development Goals. And there they were in all their colorful glory and everything clicked. I thought, what if these five beads represent your top five sustainable development goals that you want to work on? So now this also represents um, not just, you know, a commitment to your top five as you physically wear it, but it also serves as a conversation starter to help spread awareness about these goals um, and also take time to get together to discuss them and come up with creative solutions to solve them. And that's basically how Beat and Proceed was formed. So I sat on, I guess I sort of sat on the idea though, and um, it wasn't until I got funding from the United Nations uh, to help kickstart our kits and launch them, which was amazing. Uh, sorry, how, I, what do you like? Fill out a form online. Yeah. <laughs> how do you do that? So this is a really important lesson that I learned um, for any entrepreneur: is never be afraid to share your idea. Definitely share it with as many people as you can. I feel like a lot of people tend to hold on to their ideas. Um, thinking they're the most precious thing and someone might steal them. But I was very comfortable with talking to people about them and bouncing the idea off other people. And I told one of my friends, and she happened to be at a networking event where um, someone from the United Nations Christchurch branch um, was there. 
And she told them about Beat and Proceed and the concept of it aligning to the Sustainable Development Goals. And they said she needs to approach, like, contact us and pitch for funding because we would love to help her. So it was it's a amazing, really it's amazing, yeah. isn't it? Like, you know, some some far flung branch manager of the UN in the tiny Christchurch <laughs> office probably had covered the back of their house. <laughs> you know. I, yeah, yeah. Well, every um, I, I assume every uh, city in um, in New Zealand has an association branch. So it was the Christchurch one that um, yeah helped fund us. So thanks to them that Beat and Proceed really launched. Never really considered that as a thing. You know, you always think the UN's tucked away over there. They don't have yeah. the sort of you know provincial branch managers. You know. Yeah. <laughs> And look, and I think that's kind of one of those important things, isn't it? And we're seeing that a lot. We certainly see a lot of sharing of ideas and initiatives um, through HRNZ and things like that. When, when someone has that idea, to, to share it so that other people can uh, not necessarily pick it up themselves, but help to enhance it or to provide access or, as you say, serendipitously drop it into conversation somewhere mm-hmm. else and all of a sudden the UN is chasing you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for people who don't know what they are, the, the the SDGs, the 17 mm. UN Sustainable Development Goals. Do you want to just very quickly explain what they are? Yeah, of course. So the acronym SDGs stands for Sustainable Development Goals. And there are 17 of them and they address the biggest issues in today's society. So from climate action to gender equality, uh, health and well-being, no poverty, life on land, life below waters. And all UN uh, UN member states, that's 193, including New Zealand, have adopted the SDGs. So they are the largest recognized framework for sustainability. The thing is, we actually adopted them back in 2015, and not enough people even know that. They don't even know that they exist. And there's a deadline. We have until 2030 to achieve them. So, yeah, that's the mission that we're on. That's that's close. Hey, look, now I'm going to throw kind of a a contemporary cat into the mix here because probably if, if some people may have heard of these because you know there has been a, a rise of various political movements that say that these are part of the kind of the new world order and, and you know what i mean this there's, there's also so some people may not have heard of them within the actual context of, of yep. what they are and i think it's probably important that we maybe touch on that because yeah, they're not so- part of a kind of a globalist takeover are they they're, they're i've read them they're they're really important they are. They are incredibly important. And the thing is, they've actually been in development for over 45 years. So sustainable development goes back to 1972. That was when, I guess, you know, the, um, the UN and, and world leaders really had an appreciation for this collision course of our economy versus our environment, right? Um, and we've had, we had a set of goals before the SDGs um, that had proven some really effective results called the MDGs, the Millennium Development Goals. And um, basically they found that having uh, goal-based initiatives is a wonderful way to bring people on a collective journey to, uh, you know, re- have a deadline and a goal in sight um, and to take everyone on that journey. And the key thing about the SDGs is the notion to leave no one behind. Um, and so it's about including everyone because we all have a responsibility to action these goals. Um, but they aren't, They, you know, obviously uh, all member states had the option to adopt them, um, but they are, it's a framework that is incredibly useful. And um, not only that, but 
Yeah, it's a very important one. As they focus yeah. on all areas of sustainability, that's economic, social, and environmental. So therefore they're relevant to every industry. So they're very, they're, I mean, I'm, I call myself a self-professed SDG nerd, because um, I just think there's, you, we can connect so much with them on different levels. Yeah. Hey, I liked what you were saying around that sense of, of the importance of having a goal and taking everyone on that journey. If we take this back into the kind of, uh, I guess, the world of employment and, and HR, that, that's one of those important things there, isn't it? That if you can, because uh, clearly you know what the goals are and you can articulate them. You can see where that journey is going. And this is this is helping you to travel along that path. When, when organizations, if they're not clear around what their goals are, if not everyone's a part of that goal, if not everyone's kind of got buy-in, you know, there's a nice similarity there. Yeah, definitely. And that's a massive thing um, we try and do with Beat and Proceed. So we see a lot, there are businesses now more than ever that are aligning themselves to the SDGs. They are using it as a great way to report on them, um, to demonstrate uh, what they value and care about. And that's wonderful. But I think the missed opportunity is when businesses fail to take everyone on that journey, right? And that's a great way to do it genuinely and authentically because the does SDG... That, does, that, does, does that differentiate the businesses that are ticking the boxes so they can say that yeah. and those that are going on that authentic journey? Because that's, yeah. that's an important... Do you, do you see businesses where you go, you know what, this is not... I can see that this is not authentic, for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I like, I sort of, I, for me, it's important at the end of the day that all businesses, you know, businesses have to start somewhere, right? So it might be a bit of a box ticking exercise at the start because they are simply wanting to, um, they're simply wanting to bring awareness to the SDGs, and that's great. That's needed in itself. But I do see businesses that tend to play what I call SDG bingo, which is where they say, okay, well, we work in this industry, we're in this field, so uh, we care about that goal, that one, and, uh, you know, we also care about well-being, so we'll slap that on as part of our goals as well. But I think it's really important that businesses take a, take a step back and actually think, hold on, what do we care about? And also, what do our staff care about? So we can make sure that we are aligning to goals that, you know, they value as well. So staff can feel valued. And that's where I think HR have a massive opportunity and should really pay attention to the SDGs because it's a great way to demonstrate what your company or organization cares about. And it even has, you know, it speaks a global language. So it's got that international reach. Um, and the other thing is that there are also SDGs that directly, you know, affect and impact HR. So, for example, uh, SDG 5 is gender equality, SDG 10 is reduced inequalities, and there's SDG 3, health and well-being. And I would like to think that a robust HR um, would care about those three, right? So it's a great way to implement them into the business. Because you you could in a way you know take the concept of them you know that their their global goals and actually if you brought them into a sort of a that's the that's the macro thing if you brought them into the business and said if we were the world how many of these do our business fulfil and if we were looking to change some of them you know and if you're looking for say a team building exercise or something like that which I'm sure yes. Bead and Proceed is perfect for to say look as a as a as an organisation what is important to us yeah. versus what is important. Uh, you know, in a wider context. Is that the kind of discussions that you have? Like you, you obviously people come in with Bead and Proceed, they you use it for focus, for team building, various mm -hmm. other things? 
Yep, that's it exactly. So for beat and proceed, it's it's um it's looking at it first on a personal perspective, right? Like what are the five goals that you care about as an individual and that you can make some real authentic impact in? So there's a great concept called effective altruism, which is basically that everyone wants to do good. And, but the trick is to do real good is to actually do something that you can realistically do. So that's why I see the goals as being a great way to align to your business because not every company or organization is going to achieve all 17. That's, it's a bit of a stretch, right? It's, um, but the cool thing is that all the SDGs are interconnected. Um, so they will have this like knock-on effect, but it's a great way to focus um, you know, what is what does the company care about? What is it already doing? And what could we go to? The, how could we go to the next step? So we are achieving that SDG and working on it, not just, you know, looking at it from a, oh, we care about well-being or we care about life below water, but actually, how can we work towards that specific target? Because the SDGs have targets underneath them and altogether there are 169 targets. And that's another thing we do with Beat and Proceed. We actually help the organization appreciate and align themselves to the targets, not just the goal itself. We see a lot of businesses, you know, who, who want to go out and do something altruistic. They, they'll, they'll say, we're shutting the shop today and everyone's off to go and do some kind of community work or to go and do a project. Can you talk around the kind of your sense of, of, of what works for businesses within that world and, and then and maybe what doesn't or or what works when they encourage staff uh or allow staff the time to go and do something within the community i mean i think i think it's it's valuable to make time um it goes back to the act of citizenship right that we were talking about at the start um but i think there's real there's real power in perhaps giving the staff member the autonomy to decide where they want to put their energy and um, the SDG framework is a good way to think about that, you know, to actually think about how do, where do we want to make impact? What does the world need right now? What are, you know, rather than just, oh, let's go and plant a bunch of trees, which is amazing, but what's the end goal? What's the why? And so the SDGs are a great tool to help with that. We are a nation that prides itself on being firsts, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we were the first country to get you know, women the right to vote. Um, and there's also something in the water here in Christchurch as well. Um, as the apartheid movement, um, I believe, was kicked off in Otatahi too. Um, obviously, the, you know, Student Volunteer Army was also kicked off here as well. Um, but I think, I mean, I would like to say that there's definitely, there is something in the water within New Zealand around us rallying together. I mean, we saw that with COVID, right? And I think that's a really important thing because right now we are in the international spotlight. The world is very curious about New Zealand with how we responded to COVID. Um, they're very fascinated by Jacinda's leadership. And I think we shouldn't waste that opportunity. And for me, I see New Zealand championing the SDGs as being that next step. That's where I would like to see us focus as well, because we already live and breathe sustainability. We care about it yep. deeply in this nation. So why not use the international framework so we can continue to, you know, to grow that awareness and show the world and be an example for other states? I think that's just a natural step for us. Uh, talk to me about the importance of, of, of spontaneity and play and bringing that back into people's lives if it's, for whatever reason, disappeared from their, their day. 
Yeah, so a big thing, I should actually say that how Beat and Proceed works is it's really simple. We bring people together to each make a five beaded bracelet, necklace or key ring that represents their top five SDGs that they want to work on. Um, and for us, that creativity part is very important. It's not accidental. So these SDGs, to solve them, they're going to require out-of-the-box solutions. And creativity sparks creativity. So that's why we have a creative activity. But the other key thing is it's about, there's just something about the painting and the making that just strips hierarchy. And it really does create a safe space to have authentic discussion, to open up about you know, one's values, what they care about. So that's where it becomes a great team building activity. Um, and it, it provides a tool to have some really, not tough discussions, but um, yeah, to discuss some really tough and heavy topics. But it's important that we do it in a way that's uplifting and positive because these are some pretty heavy discussions. Um, the other key thing as well is, you know, obviously there's all that well-being part that comes behind it, you know, the um, distraction therapy, um, taking time, taking time to slow down, to, to be creative and tactile and to come away with the finished product that anchors the learning is also very important. So people have the sense of achievement and obviously it serves as a conversation starter when you wear it. Um, but I just think now more than ever, we as a society, I think we we've forgotten that tactile play, right? We we live in such a digital, um, you know, virtual, uh, you know, tech world. And there's nothing wrong with that. I definitely think tech has a massive part to play in achieving some of these SDGs. But I do think that we are craving um, time together to, you know, to, to actually be creative. Um, yeah. You know, as you say, you know, the studies all show that that when you're doing something like that, the brain functions in a different kind of way. You know, uh, synapses are sparked, and uh, I'm thinking, look, this is throughout this a whole conversation. I've been thinking around this period we're in at the moment where people are looking to be retrained, where where HR is looking to upskill their employees, and you know, often they're sent on some kind of practical course. But yeah, mm. you know, you're, I suspect your background is a little similar to mine. You know, here you are, you're, you're talking classics, political philosophy, uh, the nature of philosophy itself, that kind of broader thinking. There's, you know, it's also important to remind people that actually all of those subjects, sending someone off on a course on, you know, philosophy, for example, mm. actually may bring them back a, a far more useful person than send them off to, to upscale to the next level of Excel. <laughs> yeah. Is there a next oh. level of Excel? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, definitely. I, and I think, I, I think um, there's something to be said about, you know, looking to the past to help with future problems. Um, you know, history has a way of repeating itself. And I think a lot of our answers can be found when we look back. Um, and yeah, I do think that that side has sort of been forgotten. We do, I don't know why, but society just tends to, um, they tend to just not value creativity as much. And I think that's a real reason why for me personally, you know, I had always been quite a creative person, but I put it in a box, I put it to the side and I, I did law. And, um, you know, you would argue that law is also creative in some ways. But for me, I was really craving um, that practical creativity, but I didn't think it was anything I could pursue because um, I knew, especially my parents, that they, you know, they didn't want me. That wasn't a direction that I could ever foresee going in. So um, what kind of law were you doing out of curiosity? Oh, I was doing litigation. 
so court work and that sort of mm. thing yeah yeah <laughs> just sitting there just feeling your your soul being killed daily by paragraphs <laughs> Seven subclause four, uh, which is you know a very creative clause, <laughs> but mind-numbingly. I mean, can I... create can creativity be taught or or or, or relearned? Oh, for sure. And I think uh, so. My friend wrote a really fantastic article um, around the different types of creativity, and um, I think creativity it is seen in in different areas, right? So you know there is. There's like that interpersonal creativity. So the, the person who has the ability to connect with people's emotions, right? Um, whether that is political leaders um, or, you know, uh, psychologists. And then there's also that, you know, kinesthetic creative, which is, you know, your Picassos, your artists, but also I'd argue your architects and that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, and so I think there's a whole spectrum of creativity. Um, but, for, but for me, I think, yeah, I just feel as though society has sort of, we we lose this, that kinetic, uh, tactile creativity at quite a young age. We get to a yeah. point where um, after, you know, high school, unless, you know, you've decided to do art as a subject, you know, uh, we just, society tends to just say, okay, enough of that, that's child's play. And then they put you in front of a computer or in front of Excel or something like that. And for me, I think, well, wait, why are we saying goodbye to that? That's super important because as you said, we do get into a space, you know, in the brain um, that activates, um, you know, it connects in a different way. Going back to that, what I was saying, creativity sparks creativity. And it also obviously puts you in a state of flow to think up other ideas. And that was really what I got when I made my necklace. And that's what I wanted yeah. to share with other people. Look, I can. I'm on board. I can. I can understand all of this. Uh, but I, I imagine, you know, if you're looking to sell this, sometimes, you know, to a business to say, hey, look, your people would really benefit from this, and they go, you want us to turn up and paint some beads and talk about <laughs> equality? What's the point? Uh, you know, is there any criticism? How, you know, obviously, you know, you're a pretty persuasive person, and what you've said is, is, you know, sounds utterly convincing. But what, what's the sort of you know the obstacles in the way of getting people on board yeah yeah so uh radar there's definitely that obstacle and that's one that i really enjoy sinking my teeth into um so there are those two school of thoughts there's one audience that completely understands bead and proceed they get it they understand and appreciate that the beads are a metaphor they are a tool to create rich discussion to open up about um you know what staff care about and to help the business start its journey to strategically align against the goals but then there is this other school of thought which do sort of go really beads sounds a bit like child's play and that school of thought i find very frightening and worrying because how on earth are we ever going to solve these massive problems if we're too uncomfortable to paint beads right so i really enjoy um, challenging people on that school of thought and um, we do get people from time to time when we want to run our workshops with corporates and you know we'll meet with we'll meet with the team and they'll say oh you know this person here like i'm not sure they might be a bit uncomfortable and i always say to them well, let's get them uncomfortable, right? Magic happens outside of the comfort zone. And I've never had a workshop to date where, you know, people have said, 
this was a waste of time. Like, honestly, everyone gets so into it because we miss it because people haven't done it in ages. Um, you know, you just see them sort of, you know, opening up the paint pots and mixing all the paint together. And they sort of just like reconnect with that younger self. Um, and they haven't, yeah. you could just tell they, they've missed it for a while. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely thing to do. Um, I'm thinking about, just very quickly before we finish, the kind of the notion of, of leadership. We've seen some great leaders come out of that student army, haven't we? You know, they were they were there anyway. They may have gone on to become leaders. What is it about a crisis? And I'm, you know, you've got the time to look back at at the earthquake, which was a sudden cataclysmic crisis. Um, do you see any similarities in terms of encouraging leaders and leadership and and things coming through this kind of COVID period? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think with crisis, I guess, um, you know, oh, wait, I want to think about this answer, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a difficult question because they're two very different kinds of events, yeah. you know, and there's been a lot written about that kind of immediate event and what happens and then the long ongoing event. I, I guess it's more just a question of, you know, any thoughts on the kind of the, the, the notion of of what it took to make a good leader? But let's let's focus on Christchurch. If we look at the, the Christchurch event and the student army came out, what what was it that distinguished those people? Were they natural leaders? Did they learn on the spot? How did that leadership develop? How did they get the followers in a way to facilitate the work that they did? I, I would say it would come back to um, obviously the ability to mobilize for a cause that was very clear, right? The, um, my understanding is um, when the leaders of the Student Volunteer Army, you know, first established it, it was about, let's clean up the city. It was a very clear um, direction. And then also the other key thing is the uh, students, they weren't at university. They had a bit of time on their hands. So what better way to bring people together than for something like service? And I think, it was through that, uh, the, the mobilization of that collective vision, right? That collective goal, which has sort of been a theme of today's discussion. Um, and then it was, it's that buzz you get when you're, you know, serving and helping someone else. Um, there's always been this theory of thought that service and volunteering is actually selfish because you get so much out of it. Uh, so I would say, it, it, yeah, it really was about rallying and mobilizing a collective group of people together who were eager to, you know, to do something um, and, and then actually physically doing it, um, realizing that everyone was sort of a part of this journey um, and really feeling like they were a part of a community and a part of a movement, which it was. People want to be a part of a movement. They want to be, feel as if they're doing something, you know, positive and good. If people want to do some work with with bead and proceed how do they they get in touch just go to the website you're franchising sending out yeah. branches you know to hokitika and dargaville yeah so we we you, there's a few ways to get involved so there's you can purchase a bead and proceed kit online and you can run your own workshop and that caters to seven people the kits are a story in themselves they are sdg aligned and our model is one for one so for every kit purchase another is donated to either a low decile school or a deserving community organization uh, we also run sdg workshops so they are called bead and proceed epics um, and that's really for businesses organizations that are keen to 
uh, upskill in the SDG learning, start that journey. Um, it's a fully facilitated workshop hosted by yours truly, but it's really exciting. We're actually starting a facilitation program so we can, you know, we can run them at, um, you know, the same time in all different areas, but we run them all throughout New Zealand already. Uh, and then the last part is Beat and Proceed Impact. So we're really keen um, for Beat and Proceed to be an activity um, that you can do at a summit or a large scale event um, or a conference. Um, because, yeah, I just think what's super important about the SDGs is to appreciate that they are relevant to every industry. Um, and they, yeah. I mean, HR and Z, you know, themselves have embraced, um, you know, particularly because you, you need to focus down as you go. Um, what have they got out of the 17? Good health and well-being. Uh, uh, G4, quality education, gender equality, <laughs> industry influence uh, and innovation, reducing yeah. inequality, uh, responsible consumption and production, decent working and economic growth, climate action. All of those, you know, mm. absolutely <laughs> fitting within the within the HR field. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the beautiful thing about the goals is, you know, it's impossible not to connect with them. So yeah. take some time to figure out what would be your five. It doesn't have to be five. Um, and yeah, and a big thing that um, we like to say, you know, if we've beaten proceed is just to encourage people, you know, at the end of the day, why do we do this? Well, it's to, you know, be the change you want to see in the world, but we say be the change. Fun pun. Good one. Good one. <laughs> Did you take the day off and have a... <laughs> Chai latte after that. Yeah, That's no, a good no, one. No, no. I like that. the change you want to be. Hey, yeah. look, and, and the other thing I was thinking with this, you know, again, it's that consciousness of these things, isn't it? You, know, you, you don't need a huge organization. You can do this in your sports club. You could do it with your yeah. family. You could, uh, uh, at, a, at a marae, at a church, uh, you know, whatever it may be, you may look at these and go, you know what? These are the things we really need to think about. How do we, how do we promote all of this within our little subgroups and then it filters out from there so it doesn't necessarily need to be you know just a, a huge business although that is another platform to do it on yeah exactly that's the beautiful thing about the goals they are relevant to everyone and we all have a responsibility to action them which is why they're also known as the people's goals um but the the biggest thing is to just you know actually take some time to learn about them um talk to people about you know what they are you know what would your top five be um and yeah, just to yeah, educate yourself on them and to remember that there is that deadline looming. Um, so the other important thing I should actually say right at is there's something special about this year. So 2020, the United Nations have coined as the start of the decade of action, as we have 10 years left to achieve the SDGs. So it is crunch time. Um, New Zealand does have, you know, we can, um, you know, we're currently sitting at number 16 on the global SDG rank. And I would love to see us move into those top three spots because I think we can and we should do it well. You know, the international spotlight is on us as well. We absolutely should. Bridget Williams, founder of Social Enterprise, bead and proceed far more worthy goal than sitting in court and arguing about clause <laughs> two, subsection three of paragraph five in a litigation thing. What's next for you very briefly? more of this more of the same yeah we'll definitely want to um run the facilitation program and the other thing is to get beat and proceed into schools um so we right. would love to yeah we'd love to run our workshops all throughout um primary schools first um because yeah they're the future so these issues oh, yeah. are going to be affecting them 
Marvellous Bridget Williams from Bead and Proceed. You can get in touch with them through the website, Bead and Proceed, and uh, you can find the UN uh, SDGs, no doubt, just on the UN. Or, or go and see your local <laughs> UN representative. Thank you very much, Bridget. We will be back with another HR Chats at some other stage in the future. Just a reminder, if there's anyone you want us to talk to or anything to talk about, get in touch with HRNZ through the website. For now, from me to Radar, that's all.